Today we are in the Mestiza offices with Luisa and Alessandra. We are so excited to be here. Their brand launched in 2015 and they were friends and they had a ton of events to go to and they wanted to buy Oscar de la Renta pieces but they didn't want to have to pay the price, that steep price. So somehow they were able to come up with a way to have high quality pieces at sharp price points and we're going to figure out today how in the world they were able to do that. Ashley Graham and Chrissy Teigen are fans as are many other women, us included, and these pieces are sure to make any woman feel beautiful. I have worn a couple of the pieces to events and I get literally so many compliments, it's crazy. And so I'm just saying, oh, it's Mestiza, getting so excited to tell everyone about this incredible brand. Thank you. Thank you. So do you wanna tell us about how this all came to be? Sure, Yeah. I'll let you kick it off. Okay, sounds good. So Alessandra and I are friends from college. We both studied at WashU in St. Louis together, and we met while rushing um, our sorority, PiFi. And I learned, I quickly learned that Alessandra was from Manila in the Philippines, and I thought it was really cool because my mom actually grew up in Cebu. And being from St. Louis originally, I just had never met anyone with a similar background. So I always knew that this was going to be a good, you know, friendship that would turn into something greater. Um, so fast forward to 2014, we we're both working and living in New York City. As you mentioned earlier, wedding invitations started piling up and we met up one night to commiserate, commiserate over the fact that we had so many black tie events to go to and nothing to wear. And that's when, you know, Alessandra mentioned, you know, to find a decent gown you know, you've spent a thousand dollars or more, and a lot of the gowns that really resonated with us were these gowns with five thousand dollar price. Yeah, tags. we had very expensive taste, Ooh, even yeah. in our early twenties. Yes, <laughs> and then the dresses you can't afford, you question, you know, you know, are other people going to be wearing them? Are they going to fall apart? Is the branding cool? Or is someone going to know I'm wearing this brand? And is it going to be embarrassing? I mean, it's silly, sure. but like yeah. these are problems that sure. women like us have. Yeah. So that's when. Um, a light bulb went off and Alessandra yeah. was like, do you want to start a business together? <laughs> and we did. And so here we are. I'm so glad you did. Yeah. I know. It's been a wild ride. Oh, <laughs> sure. sure. Oh, yes. And we have so many questions. I know. So we yeah. officially like quit our jobs in 2015 and you know, the rest is history. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So tell us more about what jobs you've had beforehand. So I was actually a graphic designer, and I worked at Condé Nast and Time Inc. And most recently, before we started Mestiza, I was at Shopbop designing their lookbooks online. And so I actually had no experience in fashion. I had no idea like how to design a dress. I didn't know anything about garment construction or how to make a pattern. So when we started, Louisa put quite a bit of faith in me, in my creative ability to, you know, create something that we both really could see moving forward. And that's when um, I just sort of dove in head first, taught myself how to design, how to figure out how to turn something from a 2D sketch into a 3D garment. I took pattern making classes and everything was very much, you know, trial by fire, so. And you did that in 2014? So we started concepting everything in 2014 and officially, um, launched the business in 2015. Mm -hmm. When you launched, you had, you had already taken the pattern making? 
Um, I, it was sort of like all in the oh, middle wow. of launching Amazing. and putting together. Yeah. And I was also pregnant with my son, Carlos. <gasps> and when we launched the brand, it was June 13, 2015. And that's the day I went into labor. I mean, you know, I guess I was very stressed. Yeah, by yeah. And then I actually started my career at Millie, mm-hmm. and um, at the time it was my ultimate favorite brand. Sure. Um, it was like a really big, popular it brand at the time, sure. and um, I magically landed a job there, um, and I climbed the ranks pretty quickly. I started out as a retail sales coordinator, so I visited all the Neiman Marcuses and Saks where Millie mm-hmm. was carried, mm-hmm. um, attended appointments with buyers. And then um, about a year into that, I was promoted to become the buyer and planner for their e-commerce site and their new store on Madison Avenue and and in East Hampton. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot. It was a huge job for me as, you know. So young. Yeah, in my early 20s. But even though Millie had been around for a while, it was very much run like a startup. So I did really everything from, you know, packing boxes in the warehouse when they were short staffed to, you know, having a party on Madison Avenue and, you know, you know, hanging out, doing some like reality TV segments for them and stuff. It was, it was really a cool experience. So the one thing that I knew very high level was the basics that were needed to start the company. Um, There were some things that were definitely like, huge learning curves for me, but I knew how to start it. And then that's, and I would attribute my experience at Millie. And then I also went to work for Coach to help me um, with the foundation of Mestiza. Went to work at Coach? Yes, I went from Millie, so I was at Millie for a long time. Then I went to work for Coach um, doing merchandising for their first launch of their luxury capsule ready work collection. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, and so what is it like working with a friend? We always say it's like past friendship. Now. I know. We're <laughs> yeah. work wives. Yeah. We're, we're married. sisters. Yeah. You know, we share a bank account. Mm-hmm. You know, we yeah. do taxes yeah. for the company together. We do all of it together. Yeah. It's, and I think, you know, we are the parents of Mestiza. Like, Mestiza's mm-hmm. our baby. Yeah. And sure. So I think, you know, one of the things that people always ask us about working with a friend is, when, before you even start, one of the things that Louisa and I had was this sort of like unwavering, you know, dedication to what we wanted the company to be. And we both had this, we both have this vision for, you know, how we want to grow it. And it's always been sort of, we've always been aligned. And yeah. so, you know, despite the fact that there might be a dis- disagreement here and there, mm-hmm. we always mm-hmm. know that at the end of the day, we want the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's been able to really connect us and keep our bonds strong mm-hmm. as we've been going through fundraising and selling the collection at market and developing season after season and really figuring out a way to build a strong foundation mm-hmm. on our own e-commerce site. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we balanced each other out, too. And I think that dividing up the work, too, mm-hmm. um, to each other's strengths, like Alessandra handles creative and I do the business operations. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes some partnerships get challenging if you both want to do the same thing. Sure. So we really do, like, put trust in each other. Mm-hmm. And then we're, you know, we sit right next to each other. So we always know what we're up to, sure. like, both contributing in our own ways. But I think that that's also what's been really helpful in helping mm-hmm. us, like, just grow and not um, 
have too many hiccups along the way. Yeah. And then tell us about the name. Where did Mestiza come from? So the word Mestiza actually means a woman, a, a woman of mixed ancestry. And when we concepted the brand, we really wanted something that um, paid homage to our shared Filipino roots. Um, I'm originally from the Philippines, and as you know, Louise's mother grew up in Cebu. And so we wanted a brand that was like very inclusive and took inspiration from vintage photographs of our mothers and grandmothers in the Philippines in the 1960s. And so the word mestiza kind of just, it felt, it sounds beautiful. It kind of encapsulates everything that we're about, vintage glamour. Um, I think also know. like blending our lifestyle like in New York yeah, with, sure. you know, our past and our aesthetics together. It's right. a lot of... Yeah, it's a mixture. Yeah, and Lots season of yeah. Fun yeah, and season after season, I always try and take um, inspiration from you know Filipino traditional Filipino fashion. So always you know having that act as a center point of inspiration mm -hmm. that I look to when designing. Okay, so tell us about the difference in working with wholesale and then also trying to grow your direct to consumer business. Mm -hmm. So with wholesale, I would say that it's been really great for us in terms of getting our name out there. I mean, once we were carried at Neiman Marcus, that was one of the most exciting days mm -hmm. the, of, our life. of our life. I mean, it <laughs> that, was, that smart. was awesome. And they've done such a great job, you know, training their employees about us. And it's just a way to capture a new customer and to build brand credibility. Right. With um, D2C, I mean, that's something that's also been really fun for us, but we have more control over the marketing and the message that goes out. Mm -hmm. So um, it's definitely a little bit more of an investment in time, mm -hmm. um, but it's definitely something that we want to keep growing and sure. really excites us about the business. Okay, so let's talk price point. So how, when you were conceptualizing the brand, how did you decide what price range you wanted to have? Um, price points are very important to us. Um, we really pride ourselves on our prices. And kind of going back to our roots, there were dresses that we could afford, mm -hmm. but you question the quality, and then the dresses we couldn't afford. And Alessandra and I both love cocktail dresses. We love dressing up. This mm -hmm. is something that we're willing to invest in. We want to invest in ourselves and look our best. So we are willing to pay a price because by no means is Mestiza cheap or sure, inexpensive. Sure, sure. Exactly. But our whole challenge was how can we, you know, take this designer aesthetic and quality and give it a price point that girls with a normal income can afford. So we felt that being in the contemporary market is the best bet for us because it's still an elevated price, but it's not breaking the bank. Right. And we just tried to strike a balance to find that price that yeah, we wanna we wanna give women these like really opulent ball gowns, but still charge like under thousand, under nine hundred if we can. Mm -hmm. um, and see, every season we continue to be very vigilant with like the pricing structure. And if we can if we can knock it down further, mm -hmm. the the more that we are in business, then that's right. what we'll do. Because it's really important to us to be able to provide a really elevated product that feels like you're wearing Oscar. Yeah. yeah. But really doing that. Yeah. yeah. The fabrics, the embroidery. I mean it's Thank you. really amazing because I struggle with that all the time with my clients mm -hmm. because if this is their price point, then that means the quality's gonna be less. It almost it's like this mass product that, mm -hmm. you know, you, you just think, what, what happened? Mm -hmm. So it's very um, disheartening, yeah. you know, because 
people work hard for for their you know for their money and what they want to put into clothes mm -hmm. and yeah. everything and you want very much for them to get to have the experience of yeah these gorgeous yeah um, exactly things. i mean she felt like princess i feel like all three times in the last few weekends that you've worn the dresses you've done mm -hmm. yeah. yeah the bell of the ball yeah, <laughs> i love it sure. i think th i agree i think that you shouldn't have to sack as a young girl i don't think you should sacrifice to paychecks or more to feel confident and beautiful right. and then yeah. at the same time if you're even if you're a billionaire you know you, you, it's, you still like to save right. money from right. time to time and feel good and not have to spend a fortune on well something. and there are a lot of practical well, yeah you know, they really are that many of my clients I have clients they're young they're old they're in between or older mm -hmm. and they're in between and some of them have all the money in the world but they're like yeah. Yeah. You know, they've kind of gotten past that. I right. feel like it takes the fun out of shopping. When I it's think too it does. Yeah. yeah. You feel a little guilty. Like you feel guilty and. Right. And know. then, um, I also feel like you have pieces that aren't just for young young girls. Right. Yeah. Age. You yeah. Know, for example, the blazer I'm wearing. Obviously, anybody can wear. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We we always try to keep everyone in mind and. Always try to keep it elevated, mm -hmm. keep it novel and accessible. That's yeah. always what we're about. Yeah. And um, you know, we use the same level of manufacturer mm -hmm. at manufacturing suppliers, high-end designers, and some of our best-selling shapes were patterned by people who worked for some of the top fashion houses. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's you really are getting that that quality, which is great. And then, how did you find factories to work with to produce the pieces? We hit the ground running. I mean, that's the one thing that was definitely the most challenging for us in the beginning because even though we'd had experience in our own ways, you don't always know where to go or they won't accept you as an emerging designer. They sure. want someone who can meet the minimum. So right. after work, we would troll around the garment district because we're like, we know we have it at our fingertips. We just have to find it. Right. So. We uh, explored a lot of different factories. Um, mm -hmm. Some worked out, some didn't, but now we're at a point where uh, factories are actually approaching us mm -hmm. and want to work with us, so it makes it a lot easier. And are they here? We started out here, right. but actually we've moved overseas sure. because the quality is a lot better. It's much, it's much sure. more e it's easier to manage our expenses, and we're and we're able to hit the price point that we yeah, initially set out to achieve. Exactly, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Picturing you walking through the garment district. Oh, that was. <laughs> We've heard yeah. a lot of stories like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Going from factory to factory. Yeah. Flying over to Italy for yeah. yeah. And then fabrics. Mm -hmm. How do you find the fabrics that will be that sharp price point? Well, so fabrics, I would. St I used to have a fabric vendor here in New York, a few fabric vendors here in New York that I would always like work with. But now, because after about four years of doing this and mm -hmm. I don't know how many seasons, mm -hmm. I already have like a pretty solid understanding of what fabrics I like and mm -hmm. I know will work. And so mm -hmm. I actually develop everything myself. Wow. Um, so patterns I do in house. I wow. like concept exactly how if, if we do an embroidery with three D flowers, I can like put that together on my computer and I can send it over to our factory wow. and they're able to source it. 
Um, so it's, it's mm -hmm. been, you know, it's been a huge learning curve, but sure. at this exciting. point, it's That's really exciting, really but at this time, at this point in the game, like, at least I know that everything's proprietary and I know that once I do develop fabrics myself, we can hit that price point. When you go through someone else, a middleman, that's when the price goes up. But So I've been very like um, careful with how we put all the fabrics together and making sure that, you know, it all comes from me. Yeah. And then so you all have a core collection and then you also have seasonal collections? How does that work? So we have, we have Two, okay, so we have four collections a year, spring, summer, and fall, winter, mm -hmm. and then we also have a summer, a summer delivery and a summer transition delivery and a holiday delivery. And so that's mm -hmm. six deliveries a year, and then I think in 2020 we're going to probably add another one, maybe pre-fall, mm -hmm. just to have consistent newness on our site, sure. and you know, when people will come back, come, continues to come back to us, they want sure, something new. Sure, so, sure, yeah. so we, you know, we have a lot in the pipeline coming up and we're also toying with expanding into different product categories, um, one being bags and like clutch bags for a cocktail, which seems like a, which I think is a seamless fit. It's so great because that's mm -hmm. another thing that that's my clients are used to me saying, and what's the bag? And yeah. what's the bag of every outfit? Because a lot of women, yeah. They'll get the look, but they're still wearing the same bag that they yeah. wore during the day. Mm -hmm. Or exactly. they're like, oh. oh, I just put my lipstick in my husband's pocket. Or yeah. I just don't take a bag. I don't need a bag. I'm like, yeah. you need a bag. You do. Mm -hmm. Even so, if it's just a lipstick and a comb, yeah. you need a bag. The vision is to really be able to create the full look. So That's now we're so going to do fun. bags and then... Um, eventually, hopefully, we'll do like beautiful jewelry that feels on brand, and like we'll be able to create like a full mestiza experience and be the one destination, one-stop destination for all things dressy. Excellent. And ex and inexpensive, yeah. <laughs> okay, so tell us about color scheme. What does that look like? Does it kind of all tie together with the collection? Yes. So every collection has to. Um, tie together and feel seamless. Um, when it comes to color scheme, I I like color. I like really bright, saturated colors that you know, and florals, and I you know, dresses that kind of make you want to smile when you look at them on the rack and want to put them on. Um, when it comes to color scheme, I like to make sure that everything is seamless, would you say? Mm -hmm. um, I always say when I'm designing, and if a color feels off mm -hmm. it's like an itch in my brain that I can't mm -hmm. scratch and I have mm -hmm. to like rejigger the entire thing to make mm -hmm. sure that it, it fits mm -hmm. um, but this collection behind yeah. here you can see my ratty sketches so <laughs> but um, yeah it has to flow and it has to feel um, just like it you know even if you pick a dress from this mm -hmm. from this delivery mm -hmm. and from the second delivery it all mm -hmm. has to kind of mesh together Okay, let's talk about fundraising. How do you prepare for this? What does this look like? Tell us all the details. Um, so, we, in, so we launched the brand in 2015. It was totally self-funded. Um, and then we were able to sell 100 units in two weeks by doing some trunk shows. And that convinced um, an investor to give us $10,000 which we then parlayed into another collection and we actually attended brand assembly for the very first time. 
to get um, some of some stores and uh, Beholden actually picked us up in our first season and we thought it was like the biggest order ever hindsight it's probably not very big for them but um, for us it was <laughs> oh my gosh, absolutely. so then we started getting traction we started getting the attention of celebrities and press and that's when the big guys started coming to us and we finally realized like if we're gonna do this we need capital we can't mm -hmm. right we, we just can't produce and um, we need to you know yeah build build this and do this the right way. So in um, 2017, we did our first fundraise and we were oversubscribed, which was great. We went out to friends and family for that round. And that was able to last us two years up until now, where we've kind of encountered the same problem, kind of the same issue where we're growing and right. we need the capital to make investments yes. to, yeah. yeah, to make this a bigger, a bigger, um, you know, bigger, mm -hmm. Business, business, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah. So preparing is um, this round is a little bit different because we won't be approaching friends and family. Right. I mean, they're always welcome. Sure, to, sure, sure. Too, but yeah. but we're going after some more institutional money. So um, yeah. we've actually been preparing since January, sure. getting our story together, getting our investor materials together, mm -hmm. and now we're just starting to take meetings. But mm -hmm. we'll say it's. Definitely a full-time job. Sure. Um, intense, I'm sure. It's intense. It requires right. a lot of um, you know, dedication, but also you have to be open to criticism. Right. Um, we get that a lot, but I really do feel like it hasn't affected us. We just have to take it as like, all right, this is just what's going to make me better. And, well, and every once in a while, I'm sure it's like, yeah. oh, well, actually... That would be pretty good yeah. to do, and that would obviously be a great thing. Yeah, it makes you rethink, and yeah. um, so it's, you know, I think that that's something that a lot of um, women and men who want to start their own company should know that sometimes fundraising is a necessary evil that right. you have to prepare for and be honing your business plan as you go throughout the process. Right. Yeah. I think the other thing too, I read somewhere recently, someone said, how, do you, how, how did you know when you had made it? And the answer was, um, in hindsight, you understand things more, but also, you never make it. I mean, yeah. when you, you make it to this have. point, it's like saying when, you know, Serena Williams got to a point and then she said, well, I don't need to train anymore. You know, so yeah. now you've moved up to here. Mm -hmm. So now you need even more to jump up to here, yeah. you know, into this bigger plan for this amazing exactly. business. You're I don't never think finished. You're never finished yeah. and I don't think we'll ever really feel like we've made it. There's mm -hmm. always going right. to be something else that we want to get. Another exactly. point that we want to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. Yeah. 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 And do you think it's harder as a female also having children? Yes. <laughs> I would say it absolutely is. Um, and I was actually texting with you about mm -hmm. this last night. We have like this one particular, you know, in investor that we've been talking to mm -hmm. and like Times change, and you know we have to find sitters, and we oh, have to sure. find you know, yeah. and we have sure. to like. Sure. Someone wants to meet at seven p.m. on right. you know a Tuesday mm -hmm. night. Yeah. We got to right. make ourselves available and yeah. do whatever we can to make that happen. Right. But mm -hmm. you know, it's an added layer of coordination. Coordination. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but so far, no one's really asked us if being a mom hinders our mm -hmm. ability mm -hmm. to run the company. But um, yeah. I think, yeah, to Al's point, it definitely causes some coordination, you know, mm -hmm. stress maybe, but, sure. but at the end of the day, you know, we've built this by being working moms, so right, I think right. that it's totally possible. Right. You know, mm -hmm. the all the schools and, yeah. yeah. 
and there's always that thing some people say because I have to travel a lot now mm -hmm. for work and you know some people will be like um, they 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 don't think that's a great thing mm -hmm. and um oh and another woman who's a, um, an executive a client of mine she said you know if it were a man doing the traveling no one would ever ask that question. I know so just remember that so oh, yeah um sometimes it's you know those things do come up but yeah. You know, I believe in what we're doing. Yeah. And power through it. Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then what about what happens when a celebrity wears your pieces in terms of sales and brand awareness? Well, I would say that it's very exciting anytime mm -hmm. a celeb wears the clothes. Like we it, it breaks the internet in our world. Sure. Um, but I think it just totally depends on who it is and um, the timing. Um, there, when Chrissy Teigen wore a dress, for instance, that was great for getting picked up by other publications. It was great for sales. It just was total. It was crazy. It was amazing. Then there are others where, like you know, maybe there's not as much buzz, but it just still helps with brand credibility no matter what. And that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's also all all been organic, so right, which is really great. Yeah. And we've had designers say, well, that is exciting, it's fun. A lot of times it was a stylist that put it on. Mm -hmm. What's really fun is when you see someone like, totally. like us wearing yeah. the dress yeah. and loving it. That's oh when you gosh. really feel amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Seeing someone completely random that doesn't know us wearing yeah. this season, that's, yeah. that's yes. when it feels yes. really good. Yeah. That's oh, the best yes. feeling in the world. Yes. <laughs> okay, and what does the future of the brand look like? Oh, man. Um, well, once we close this race, the future of Mestiza will... We're going to have new, a new team build out. Okay. Um, we're going to implement our growth strategy, which consists of you know, more marketing efforts, more content, more deliveries, more product. Mm -hmm. um, a slow rollout, you know, to not, we sure. want to be very strategic and not, right. you know... Exactly, not overextend. Hopefully, we will become a household name mm -hmm. in the next. You are in, the in, in your yeah, house. Okay. In the short term, that's the dream. Yes. Become, you know, as Al said it earlier, we want to become the premier online destination for special occasion, and then you know, eventually, all things dressy. So, yeah. when you think of and in Lafleur, for instance, you think of workwear. We want we want people to think of special occasion and think of Mestiza. Exactly. Yes, but with Mestiza, to me, it's much more individualized. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then first grade. Definitely. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When they think of you, all it's like, oh, I can get an amazing standout gown. These are not understated, mm -hmm. under the radar gowns. No, they are not. <laughs> but there are enough different choices that you're not going to see yourself coming and going. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. We want to keep it special. We want to yes. keep. We always want to maintain an authentic narrative, and mm -hmm. Alessandra and I have been trying to put ourselves out there a little bit more. Mm -hmm. and, um, we love connecting with our customers, so right. uh, that's something that we really want to work on yeah. more. And you know, coming up with um, sure, it's kind of yeah, right. and then eventually maybe we'll see like our own brick and mortar here in New York. Yeah. That's that would be sweet. Okay, so one thing that designers know but not a lot of people talk about is is how hard it can be sometimes to get paid by your wholesale account. Mm -hmm. So I think there's maybe a funny story that you have about that. Oh, sure. <laughs> well, one of our very, 
one of our very first um, markets, we got picked up by a store and we were just so excited. We didn't set any terms, um, but you know, we expected to get paid. And then, you know, a few months go by and she said, you know, I'm sorry, I can't pay you. Um, and, but I have to keep the merchandise for a little longer. Anyway, I was so, we were so bent out of shape over it. I mean, she probably had like five dresses. It wasn't that big of a deal. Right. But at the time, like, oh my God, what are we going to do? We, right. we put up all this money to right. deliver to you. So my dad actually went to the store and put it all in his car and then drove off. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so dad to the rescue. But now we actually um, work with a factor. So they do follow up with the accounts that are right. that are late. And then of course like we do have to put in our own efforts too to make sure that we get paid on time. But Factor does help because mm -hmm. you can continue up about your day yes. and, and they can yes. worry about it. It is sometimes yes. awkward collecting payment. Of course it is. So yes, it's, it's very awkward. I always. definitely recommend it to um, yeah. you know, people who are just starting out their own Yeah, that's a great industry. idea. Yeah, that's great because in terms of bandwidth, you don't want to be focused. You need to be creative. You right. need to focus on growth mm -hmm. instead of having to be a collection agent, yeah. 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 accounts payable. Yeah, yeah, showing up with your car and packing everything <laughs> in the back. So <laughs> it's fading yeah, off. I know. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Okay, and what do you wish you knew going back in the beginning? Oh, man. Um, you know, I would say that I wish I knew how hard it was going to be, but I actually think it was a good thing I didn't. Sure. I think the fact that Lou and I were a little bit naive mm -hmm. when we started this company mm -hmm. um, was what gave us the excitement and the drive to just keep pushing the energy um so but like what do i wish i knew you know i think that we've learned a lot especially after our very first run fundraise mm -hmm. we made a lot of mistakes along the way mm -hmm. um which was good because at the time there were little mistakes mm -hmm. but you know they could have been much bigger mm -hmm. had we raised more sure. money or something sure so um I say, actually i have a good answer for this yeah. digital I wish I knew mm -hmm. that like there were other things that we were investing in. I wish that mm -hmm. like from the beginning we really yeah. doubled down on digital right. marketing and digital advertising. Right. Mm -hmm. And I wish we had um, put a lot more efforts into doing all yeah. of our grassroots marketing on our end because a lot of the marketing that we do it is is because of the just us reaching out to mm -hmm. different bloggers of course, and, and of stylists course. and just sending sure. sending pieces. Well, that's the way you yeah. do it. I, mean, I wish I get it out. have done more of that in the beginning, I think. I, we might not have been ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we didn't. Yeah, so, I, I mean, if, if there were too many people and the demand got too great, then you would have that problem. Yeah, yeah. too fast. I yeah. think everything yeah. happens the way it's supposed to happen. I think so. Maybe I think pattern right. making. If you yeah. had known how to do pattern making before <laughs> yeah. you started, that, that might have helped. That might have helped like a little bit. Yeah, not that good at that. Made it go a little bit. Yeah, one lesson that we that really just hit home, like as of a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. is to realize that you can't be everything to everybody. Yeah, we've made that mistake in a, the past few collections. Um, but now we've learned and we're refocusing mm -hmm. and um, trying to do something that we love mm -hmm. really, really well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what people and our customers want to see mm -hmm. from us. Um, and just know that basics not in our DNA. Is that, so are you talking about like, okay, this body type would like a dress like this. And 
did we do something it's, for a short person or are you talking about more like it's more, a cool person would wear this a more yeah. romantic person would wear this or it's more about like cat like we we when we skewed a little more casual and okay we, we launched the brand to be cocktail sure, attire but sure. we wanted something that we could wear the office or yeah you know which is great and it makes sense maybe when you're a little bit bigger but mm -hmm. i think in order to really grow who we are now is just being hyper focused mm -hmm. doing it really well you're mm -hmm. not going mm -hmm. to appease everybody but i think that along the way you'll learn and you can start expanding well and you want to be known like when you say millie we know what that looks like yeah mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the other thought I had was both of these pieces, because of what's trending now, could be worn during the day. Mm -hmm. You know, just with jeans. Yeah. So you have that, mm -hmm. but then they could be worn with a ball gown or a yes. cocktail pant or whatever and be yeah. very glamorous. So I think that's, yeah, that's, this is your basic. Yeah. Which is not basic, which is so fabulous. Yeah, fabulous. Great. So, I mean, there's just so much. Yeah. But, um, yeah, hard to stay focused. And you gotta stay focused. Keep pulling back. Yeah. yeah. And invest in yourselves because no one's ever gonna yeah. do it as well yeah. as you will. It's true. It's very true. They just can't I mean, even if they wanted to, they just are not in your brain. Yeah, so. no, not in your brain. Totally. Is there is there a what was the is there a um a philanthropic Oh yeah, Misty's a fund. Mm-hmm. Well sure. sure. So um you can elaborate if I'm forgetting mm -hmm. anything, but um, when we first launched the brand, we wanted to pay homage to the Philippines because so much of the brand is inspired by that, mm -hmm. and we wanted to give back. So there is a foundation called the Hobby Philippine Textile Council, and these women congregate to weave in a very traditional manner, and they do really cool, um, you know, uh, cotton ge geometric designs. Mm -hmm. They also work with silk cocoons. So each year we incorporate their hand-woven designs into a limited edition collection on our site and it's something we would definitely like to do more often oh, yeah. but um right now we're just keeping focused sure um and by purchasing a hobby by misty's a piece you're giving these women a steady paycheck mm -hmm. you're preserving a centuries-old craft for us to enjoy and sustain the philippine pop industry and a story to tell when you and a it. story to tell yeah, yeah. If you like what you heard, tell a friend about our show, subscribe to our podcast, and also scroll to the bottom and give a rating and or a review. Those are the best ways for other people to find out about our podcast. See you next time. Bye.